0: The frequencies are open. Well, welcome, welcome to the Evil Potato Alliance.
1: From the historic Cosmic Potato Studios, welcome to that Star Trek podcast. This is your place for detailed analysis and speculation of all things Trek. Now,
2: on with the show. All right, diving in. Uh, you might recall in the last episode the Titan has escaped the Shrike and the Nebula. And they've killed the Changeling on board. All right, so now they can all take a breather. they just inside uh, Federation space, and the ship is being uh, repaired. Uh, you know, like, they're not like at a docket station. They're just doing their own thing. They're fixing the ship. So this one starts out all hunky-dory, and that lasts for about 30 f-ing seconds before Jack Crusher walks on the bridge in a Starfleet uniform, and and the, and the dude is like uh, may, I, may I help you sir and Jack don't say shit but he just starts shooting folks without emotion like a terminator and he takes everybody out in like five seconds also he has red flashes in the eyes also like a terminator I, he is not a terminator I'm just saying those aspects are similar so Esmar is on the floor she's shot but she's not dead and she says I know what you really are he didn't say anything, but he does see, like, the red veiny things, the tendril shit. Like, it's behind him, and it's on the floor, and it's on the wall, and it's in her face. And it's all around. And and now he has a tear in his eye, not like a Terminator, because some part of him inside is sad about this, but it's not sad enough to not shoot her in the face, and he shoots her in the face again. Now, the good news is uh, this didn't really happen, and Jack wakes up in his room, but the bad news is he wakes up standing in the middle of his room, and he is holding a phaser in his hand, so that ain't great. All right, meanwhile, uh, Riker gives Shaw back his command. I relieve you, sir. I stand relieved. And the four of them, the, the four that's uh, Picard and Seven included, they're trying to figure out how to change the guy on, on board the ship. Every crew member passes through an internal imaging chamber before reporting. It's standard protocol since the Dominion War. And Shaw is like, yes, and? I should tell you that I have already contacted Starfleet and... They're on their way. You get a court-martial, and you get a court-martial, and you get a court-martial. I'm going to step outside so the three of you can get your bullshit story straight. All right, so Beverly is like, let me examine the body. And Picard says, go do it. Do it. And he turns to Jack, and he's like, you know, you could still join Starfleet. The fleet is mother, the fleet is father. And Jack is like... You haven't really been paying much attention, have you? When Starfleet is done with me, I'll be on my way. All right, now we're about to catch back up with Raffi and Worf. And they are waiting to get the go-ahead to go to the Daystrom Institute and see what else uh, went missing when the portal weapon m- went missing. And so they're they're waiting and they're sparring. Your enemy's aggression will always reveal their weakness. And Worf has his bat sword and Raffi has two sticks like Nightwing. And they seem uh, kind of evenly matched, right? They both get licks in until Worf starts blocking her one-handed and shit without looking like Neo. Do that meditation thing. Last Girl, you were not. All right. Right then, comes a a, a call comes in from Worf's handler about uh, access to the institute. Denied. Find another way. Yeah, sucks, don't it? So they need to uh, get in, but they can't use the official channels. Uh, so they track down an associate of a uh, uh, newly headless Sneed. His name is Cren. King Kingpin of the Vlashy Fine Syndicate. So it's back to shady planet. Cut to them back on the surface in the same spot where Sneed died. And Raffi's like... Listen up! You primitive screwheads, we need answers. We're looking for Chris. What happened to Sneed is going to happen to every
3: person in this damn city, unless you turn him over right now.
2: And Wolf is like, okay, how about you just wake me up when your uh, loud-ass plan fails? All right, meanwhile, in space...
3: Captain, it's the intrepid. Sir, they're sending over a shuttle of security officers.
2: Shuttle? Something wrong with their transporters? All right, so Picard Seven, hey, could you hijack... While we go talk to the Popo, and it turns out that the Popo is Popo Road. Ro, Roll, Larry. She was on TNG, Next Generation. She was on the Enterprise, but then she went to join some terrorists or freedom fighters, depending on uh, who you ask. She's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's me." And y'all might be up on uh, charges. Charges for what, you ask? Treason. Down in medical, uh, I guess Beverly is calling the shots now because she's doing the autopsy on the uh, on the La Forgery. And the other doctor is like, it's like acting like her assistant or whatever. Uh, so Beverly is like... There's
3: blood like plasma. This changeling could pass the traditional blood test.
2: While she's examining uh, the body, Picard and Riker are given exposition, but it is it is tight. It is succinct and it is well done. And they're telling us about Roe from uh, 30 years ago and, and Picard is still... Really pissed She had a mission to protect the Federation from terrorists Instead she became one You're the one who sent her to
0: infiltrate the Marquis Knowing she might empathize You trusted her with no one else When you had a
2: bond And she broke it Alright so Rocker's like you know what let me handle this And he tries to turn on the old Rocker charm Come on Ro
0: You know us For these proceedings you will address me
2: as commander Denied So uh, Ro takes Picard off to question him and this And this shit is tense there is tension, not like sexual tension, but also not not like sexual tension. Anyway, uh, Ro, where is your earring? That, that's supposed to so earrings hold significant, uh, meaning for Bashorinth and and, and Picard is like you're not wearing it. And row is like, look, I am not a changeling. Look, here's some blood. And then Beverly calls like, oh, John Luke, changelings can have blood now.
3: Completely replicate internal human organs.
2: So even if there's blood, don't trust it. And Rose is all, look, I really want to talk about Jack-Jack. Let's talk about your son. And Jack-Jack, by the way, is in his room. Once again, he's having, he's, he's, doing through a thing. He's having conversations with random voices. And those voices are real f***ing cryptic. Find me. Hear me. Connect
3: us. Connect
2: us. All right, so he he takes a stroll to the transporter room because all uh, non-essential personnel are being transported over. And the transporter guy's like, may I help you, sir? And Jack's like, "Oh, I can't go to the Intrepid, but can I go somewhere else? Any any place that is not Starfleet?" That was that was his that was what he was saying. And the dude is like, uh, "No." So Jack says, "Shit!" And he pulls a phaser and he shoots him. And he and and now uh, Jack is in the uniform like in his first vision. And uh, Seven told him to wear it because like to hide, but he he's in the uniform. He's got the flashy eyes like before, but he snaps out of it. And he didn't really shoot the guy, and that didn't really happen. And now he, he just, he's just like he's looking weird at the guy, and the guy's looking weird at him, and it's awkward, and he just hightails it out of there. Too sweet. Back to Worf and Raffy. All right, so they had, a, they, had a, they had a, it wasn't a bad plan. They had a decent hologram plan to try to draw uh, Kryn out. But Kryn got the drop on him anyway. Are you under the impression I would not recognize a mobile emitter? And surprise, Kryn is a Vulcan. Turns out that he sneeds brother from another mother, and Kryn is like, why would I tell y'all shit? That ain't logical. He's like, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, I got a couple of dyes. There's one for you. There's one for you. Yield, fight to the death. Yep, you got it. How original. Things uh, start happening fast now. Everything I'm telling you, dear listener, it might be uh, not in the order that it happened in the show. I'm going to kind of mix and match that a little bit because the the order's going to be based on how I remember things in my heart and in my mind. All right, so back on the Titan, the the two crew members who came uh, to the shuttle with Roe are searching for the they're searching the ship for jack
0: change your plans Admiral. let's step into the holodeck walls are a little thin on this ship
2: and uh, the 10 Ford program is still playing before you know it the faces pointed at each other because no one knows if they can trust the other one because they could be a changeling
0: tell me who
4: you
2: really are you
0: tell me how do i know you're not
2: compromised they both know the blood tests don't work they could both be changelings and so they have a very painful conversation about when roe left uh, some exquisite action, uh, by the way, top notch. You broke my heart, and she broke mine. But the conversation proves that they are both who they say they are. And Ro uh, drops the news that we have all suspected for a while
0: Starfleet is compromised
2: at the highest level. Yeah, it ain't, it's not good.
0: All I have are a pair of intelligence
3: assets on the ground that I trust, and we've been busy gathering evidence, connecting the portal weapon to something
1: else that the changelings want.
2: Speaking of them assets, uh, back on Shady World. Uh, Worf starts talking about sacrifice. And he gives her a look, and she gives him a look, and then uh, and they look. And, and when he and Raffi fight, she stabs him in the gut. I'm so sorry. Today was a good day to die. And Krenn is like, well, okay, whatever. Uh, this Klingon blood smells like dookie to me, and that offends me, and it is logical to have his stanky ass hauled off camera. But that was an error on his part, because Worf was not dead, and he used his Klingon Shaolin training to store his heart rate and whatnot. I have mastered the k technique of regulating my heart rate to nearly imperceptible. <clears throat> Let us skip to the interrogation. And they convince Krenn to give up the chip that they need to get into Daystrom Institute. All right, so back on the Titan. Ro is like, uh, y'all need to get out of here. I'm going to try to buy you some time. And then she puts her Bajoran earring, the sentimental Bajoran earring, in his hand. And, and she says, I wish just
1: once that you could look into my heart and understand that I only did what I thought was best.
2: I'm not crying. You are crying.
1: All these years, I wish you'd known me.
2: And that I'd known you. I had known. And she, and she passed about two crew members, and they're like... Commander, we were instructed to return with Jack Crusher. We're leaving. Okay, so Roe and the two crew members get on the shuttle, and they head back. But it is a f***ing double cross.
3: Captain, we're being hailed. Roe, are you all right? They know. My security team was just beamed off. They planted an explosive on my
1: shuttle.
2: Beam her out of there now.
3: There's some kind of inhibitor on the shuttle blocking her
0: signal.
1: Ro, turn back toward the Titan. We need you to get closer.
3: I don't have time to disarm it. Sir, she's moving away from us.
0: Roe, what are you doing?
3: Jean-Luc, it's up to you now. You finished what I started. She's heading for the intrepid's port nacelle. In Roe, don't do this. I'm giving you what you gave me all those years ago. A fighting chance.
0: I do see you. Everything. Forgive me.
2: It's only now. Oh, goddammit, now I am, Carl. but there is no time for mourning, because the 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 intrepid sets its sight on the titan
4: intrepid is raising shields they're arming torpedoes
2: don't you get it we're being framed for what just happened if we
0: don't run roe will have died for nothing and many more will follow If you still can't trust us, at least trust your own eyes. Let's get out of here. They're coming
2: for us. All right, down in the hallway, uh, Jack is barely keeping his shit together. He is looking. He is seeing the red tendril shit everywhere. He's seeing uh, regular doors look like the red doors. Well, I mean, regular doors for them, like the sliding doors, but they look like regular doors for us, like regular doors. You know what I'm saying? His the shit. His, his world is is not is not making sense. It's like a bad acid trip or some shit. So when he turns the corner and he sees two, oh, oh nope, he sees four now. Starfleet officers. He's here,
1: deck ten. Don't move. We're attaching a transport beacon to beam you away.
2: The bow breaks and the dam cracks and the man snaps and somebody didn't flip the switch and now he takes them out like Jason fucking goddamn boy. And yes, this shit did actually happen. Meanwhile, Riker figures out that Rose Earring is a data chip. Old school spycraft. And it's got all the intel that she has on the conspiracy so far. And it also is a communicator or has a code in it or whatever, but it connects them to uh, Rose two operatives in the field.
0: Mr. Wolf? Admiral. Captain. Just as surprised as you are, old friend.
2: All right, last thing in sickbay, they got the four bodies of the would-be abductors. I shooting kid. And uh, the mommy sense kicks in and she knows that something is wrong with Jack.
3: You can't hide from me, Jack. I know when you're not sleeping.
2: The good news is those four people that he killed were all changeling.
4: How did you know? I
2: didn't. The bad news is Jack did not know that shit at the time. I think there's something very wrong with me. That's where they leave it.
0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of That Star Trek Podcast where we talk about Star Trek This week, listeners, we are going to be discussing Episode 5 of Season 3 of Star Trek Picard Titled Imposters, written by Cindy Pell and Chris Derrick Directed by Dan Liu And uh, once again, you have already heard The masterful synopsis by one John Irons who is joining us this week John, how's it going? Uh, I'm great. How are you? Uh, also joining us today, we have <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, regular panelist. Uh, Rick, how are you?
1: My itic is better than yours. Or bigger. Big- God damn it, I screwed that up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> bigger and better.
1: <laughs> bigger and
4: better. <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Vulcan's medallion Thing was big. big oh, itic. Oh, itic. Yeah, I reversed a couple
0: <laughs> letters
4: <laughs>
1: there. So. Itic. That, <laughs> that
4: first.
0: That first oh. eye was a, a little. It was, was a little buried. drive-by on that first <laughs> eye there. Uh, I was like, his I don't idich. Remember
2: that from the show? It, uh, <laughs>
0: his <laughs> itic is bigger and better because Crin had yeah. had quite some uh, itic bling. For
2: sure, on. he did. He did. You know, yeah.
1: I. I didn't even realize that there was an entendre to double there and now
2: I'm very embarrassed. And uh... I mean, I wasn't going to dispute you, man. I, you know, I think you're great.
0: <laughs> and returning from shore leave on Casperia Prime, we have once again Neek Yeager joining us. How are you doing? I'm
3: doing great, thanks.
0: Excellent. And back again after a few weeks away, uh, we have some guy, I, I I sort of know him a little bit. Probably. <laughs> My own brother, Tom Madison. Tom, I've how you re- doing?
4: I've been rehearsing this conversation for about 30 minutes, so... <laughs> <laughs>
2: nice.
0: Okay, so before we dive in, as always, we are going to go around the table and uh, get the broad strokes, general thoughts and feelings about this week's episode uh want to start with Tom because you've had so much time preparing
4: yeah um I like this one uh I can actually see this one I didn't just have to listen to it i I could actually see some stuff in it which has just been my uh constant complaint about it but um uh, a, a lot of the uh the mystery there i I like some of the um hidden stuff on the screen and something i don't know if we've pointed out before is that i I really enjoy that they the writers are assuming the prior knowledge of the branches, and there could have been a lot of exposition a lot of time spent just going revisiting stuff you know flashbacks or or corny explanations to try to bring people up to speed who haven't been in on the last 30 years of Trek so uh, I, I noticed that quite a bit in this episode that they were making that assumption and I appreciated it
0: mm-hmm. uh, next up let's go with Rick
1: okay apologies John Roe motherfucking Laren <laughs> the fact that uh she was in it and we had no hint not even the slightest whiff that she would be in the episode was amazing you know in in this day and age getting surprised by a cameo is such a rare treat um I think the last time I had this kind of reaction to a cameo I didn't know was coming was when um uh Amy Pond showed up in the last episode of of Matt Smith's Doctor Who um It was wonderful. Uh, Forgive me for repeating we were chatting before we started, but I had no idea I needed the closure that they gave us on that character, and it was so beautifully done. Um, I think if I had known ahead of time that Michelle Forbes was going to be in this one, I might have been worried because this particular series hasn't really handled things like this uh, overly well, let's say. They haven't always been awful, but they... But this was this was beautiful. This was everything I could have ever wanted it to be. The rest of the episode around that scene was fine. <laughs> it was serviceable. Um, I, I, I think compared to last week, this was sort of a step back down to kind of business as usual. But the Roland scene so made up for it that I, I, I call this a win.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Neek, what did you think this week?
3: Yeah, uh, I love this episode. Uh, I mean, I still have, like, all the complaints and the, the same nitpicks as ever. But it didn't matter in this episode because it gave me what I've been asking for. I've been saying that I want to be, you know, either uh, or ideally both intellectually stimulated and emotionally moved. And I got both because I'm interested in Jack's whole thing. Like, it's laughably reminiscent of uh, Terry Metallus's, uh previous show, 12 Monkeys. But in a sense, it actually makes it more amusing for me. Um, but I'm still interested regardless. Uh, but more importantly, I was deeply moved because I, I love Ro. She's one of my favorite characters of all time. And I do think it's cheap to to kill off a character uh, just to get the audience to feel something. But in this case, it was earned because we have been waiting for this closure for 30 years. Or like Ray said, like I didn't even know I needed the closure. but. Boy, did I ever, and and, you know, even though I'm upset she's dead, I understand the choice. Uh, I appreciate what they did. After watching this one for the first time, I was walking around my house, sobbing uncontrollably. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I had to ask myself, am I crying for Roe, or am I, I'm doing it again. Am I crying because of something going on in my personal life? And I know the answer to that question. I know who I'm really crying for, but in a sense, this episode gave me permission to feel because I have a tendency to vulcan my way through life and contain and repress. And this episode, it gave me a release. It let me not let go because I'm still hanging on because my friend is still with us for now. I'm grateful for this episode because I think I'll always conflate Ro with Carol and so this episode will always be memorable for me for that reason go ahead someone talk
0: (laughs) (laughs) hug Uh, John
2: I guess that would be me
0: John go ahead and follow that (laughs) I will
2: because uh I am heartless, as we all know. (laughs) I just go for the funny and poop joke. (laughs) That said, um, I loved this episode. And to reference what the three of you have said before, uh, basically, you know, they, they, they assume prior knowledge and, um, you know, it's it's closure on a story that you didn't know you wanted closure on. That does not apply to me in the same way. I do have prior knowledge. I knew who Ensign was. I did watch all of TNG once, like, as it aired. So I remembered. I rem- yeah, barely right? even counts. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I mean, I, I remembered her. I remembered her storyline. Um, and I was able to watch the final episode with her um before uh before recording tonight um but I I mean I may not remember the general plot but we watched that's a really good episode spoiler I'm sure you guys know but no that's a really really like it holds up really really well yeah um but the, the, my, my point is <laughs> when I knew Picard was season three was coming And the old crew is going to be back on the show. Oh, cool. Great. I like TNG. I was expecting if I got emotional, it would be because, oh, nostalgia. Oh, look, they're doing the thing. Oh, look, it's, oh, man, this hits me right in the feels because, you know, that's the thing like they used to do it. And this takes me back. I did not... In a million years, imagine imagined that I would get emotional just because it's such a good story and they acted the shit out of it. And it was like, I didn't need to know who Ro was. They had it all in here. I didn't need to know any of that. It was all in the episode. I mean, I did, but I didn't need to. Uh, this was like. I'm like i'm thinking emmy like this was such a well-layered story this was so good it was so good the writing was masterful and they executed perfectly it was like the direct the, oh god goosebumps goosebumps so good <laughs> that's my overall impression though <laughs> if you're asking
0: that that was that was the point of the going around the the <laughs> table yes we we were in fact asking you <clears throat> um yeah i know i, I come with the funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> joke. and God,
2: uh, what'd you think uh,
0: could, could, couldn't agree with uh with you with, with all of you more this was this is fantastic um uh, obviously the centerpiece of this episode was. Uh, and not even just necessarily the um, the interplay between Picard and Roe, but it was just Roe being in the episode. It was her conversations with Picard. It was the mystery around, is she who we think that she is? Um, breaking the uh, the conspiracy, giving us more information about that. Um, and then, outside of that, there was... Uh, a little bit of a little bit more of what's going on with Jack, and there was a little bit with uh Wharf and Rafi on uh on Metalis. And there's a a little bit of of progress on on those storylines. <clears throat> uh, overall a a really well put together episode. And I'm also liking this is a bit of a smaller detail, but something that I'm noticing. I don't recall before last week I I think it was last week. I don't recall Picard recording a log entry in the way that he did back on TNG until last I, week.
2: I think last week was the first time. I think I I I, I think if it happened before we probably be in season 1.
0: It, yeah. <clears throat> I and I haven't that. gone back and rewatched the first two seasons uh so I don't know if they did it there, but at the very least the first time this season that he's done a log entry. And then this week, we open up with Riker doing one of his own. Yet another touch of of older era Trek that they're bringing back for this. Like with music cues, like with when the Intrepid put up their shields it's uh, shown on the on the Elkar's view screen as a border of dots around the ship. Again, like from, from, uh, Wrath of Khan. It it seems like with, with, with the music and with the uh, displays on the, uh, on the Elkhart's consoles, they are trying to, without rolling the technology backward to what they were showing us as 23rd century technology back in the 80s, um, they're trying to roll back what seems to be the um, the like filming and production aesthetic and mm-hmm. the atmosphere to what they introduced in, in Wrath of Khan, which was a much more kind of stripped-down, not-quite-so-shiny... Um, it, it more, more like a submarine movie. Not they're necessarily trying to make this into a submarine show, but it it just has that kind of you know, darker, more uh, more claustrophobic. Uh, yeah. That, yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, they, they're going for that kind of a, a feel in in this season at least, which uh, I'm all for it. I I really like how everything is feeling except for some things like you know they could they could turn the lights up a little bit sometimes cuz i know that tom was complaining about
1: that he's not um, the only one i i <laughs> yeah i you know i've said this already i haven't really noticed it being particularly dark but i know the entire internet is complaining about it so yes. maybe i'm just blind already or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and i know something that I've, i'm
0: moving on to the the first thing in my notes here something that uh, I've been complaining about is uh, the writers changing the rules of some things that have been established, you know, from a couple decades before. For example, um, changelings being able to sneak onto the ship, and changelings not turning to dust or melting when they Can die. They explained that, and they do. That, that's I, I'm getting that. He, that's what oh, I'm saying. Okay, that. okay.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was the first. Thing God is I put, about to say you're right the show is amazing, and I was a poopy head for ever saying so.
0: Kind of, sort of. Not not at all, but but yes.
2: Um,
4: <laughs> well, okay, to get into the weeds there, how do you say that they explained that about the Um Well,
2: really dissected that, one? They didn't, and, they acknowledged it. They haven't explained it yet. They don't no, know no, how it there happened. You go. <laughs> but they are acknowledging that that is weird and not the way that it has happened before.
4: No, except they said that changelings when they die they return to their gelatinous state and Yeah, they didn't they would turn to dust and ash you know
1: oh well they phased oh. the hell out of the ones that turned into dust in <laughs> and, well... and, and going back and thinking
0: about it I remember one changeling who had been masquerading as an admiral uh, Odo did throw him uh, against the uh, unexposed warp core on the defiant and he turned to dust but who I think there. I think there was another one that As that might have turned to dust, but um, there was one in uh, it, a, a changeling had been hiding on a Jem'Hadar ship that crashed, and Cisco and his away team went into the ship, and they were holding against a Jem'Hadar siege from the outside. And they found a changeling, and it did die, and it did
1: uh, turn to liquid. But ironically, that episode was called "The Ship." Okay, guys. Indeed, but saying, I, yeah.
0: But yet, yeah, they acknowledging the fact that a dead changeling is not uh, reacting the way that we have seen it react before. It maintained the shape of Ensign the Forge. Um, in addition, they uh, made mention of the fact that Starfleet ships have anti uh, anti changeling measures built in. And they've been standard since the Dominion War. They have internal imaging sensors. And I was really gratified to hear them acknowledge, yes, we have ways of making sure that changelings don't get on board and and they beat it, rather than, oh, no, we just stopped looking for changelings when the war was over. I I, I like that they are thinking ahead to what people like me are going to complain about, and they're putting in acknowledgements and sometimes explanations after the fact. So I'm just getting caught by the fact that I want the explanation now. I don't want to wait until next week. Oh my God. <laughs> that that's, that's hyperbole. I'm not actually upset about okay, that. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I,
1: I, I really say. liked that. You know, it, Beverly was like, this thing has guts. They never had guts before. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And, and I, what did you think wouldn't... about her, um, she she seems to just assume that this is an evolution on their part that seems like quite a leap from where I'm yeah
2: starting. agreed i don't I'm not sure what she's basing that on
0: yeah i
2: I, I was she expecting might be right I, just, I don't know where she got it yeah
0: rather than calling it evolution I was expecting her to say this is practice
2: well I figured it was intentional mutation.
1: I'm I'm hoping that we're going to see that part of what's been going on with Beverly and Jack will explain these leaps of logic Beverly has made in the last couple of episodes, you know, immediately realizing that the, the energy waves were birth contractions, that the changeling has evolved. Maybe she's been dissecting changelings for the last 20 years. Uh, you know, I... You know, before this week, and I'm going to grant you, I, I was I was kind of giving the episode some crap because parts, especially uh, mostly, it's just CD Planet and the the whole Warf Raffy thing again. Um, but um, we have seen that Beverly knows stuff, <laughs> and we also have 20 years of not knowing what Beverly's been up to. And I'm hoping that since this this especially this episode, they've been good about explaining why things that were going like, Hey, wait a minute. And they're like, well, <laughs> um, I'm hoping we'll see that there's a reason why Beverly would go evolution and not just this changeling figured out how to make guts.
0: I'm hoping for something similar. It, if it is just sheer evolution, it seems an odd way for changelings to spend 30 years evolving since they what they hate more than anything else is solids. So to over the last 30 years evolve to be more solid?
1: Unless well, we're going to find if, out that Jack is a, a changeling human hybrid and that's what they've been doing?
2: That is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's you know, if the goal is to infiltrate uh, they, they, I mean maybe this is what is necessary to beat the machines. I mean, it's worked. Like what what they did worked. The question is, I think for me, the question is, how intentional was this change? Is this is this, you know, nature taking its course? And this is oh, this is a thing that we can do now, or is it we need to learn how to do this thing? How can we do it? That's I, that's the question for me in terms of their new abilities.
0: Yeah, that that's what I'm expecting. With Worf saying, uh, talking about a. A like a rogue faction of changelings that had split off, and they want to uh, uh, reignite hostilities between uh, themselves and and the Federation. I think I would view these these bad changelings as almost like special forces. Like, oh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take the time that's mm. necessary. We're gonna teach ourselves how to not just look like the solids on the surface, but we're gonna make our entire insides look like them. So so they will absolutely be fooled we need to beat their blood test we need to beat their internal imaging sensors we got to get around all the things that they've put in place to keep us out so we can get inside and uh, and work our conspiracy I think that they've been training and practicing very very hard to do what they're doing right now I I expect that's what we're going to see
4: you know way back in DS9 they showed that the changelings could go and remove the ability to shapeshift you know when they did that to Odo Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like it'd be that much of a stretch to be able to you know stop halfway you're gonna get become a solid but still have some of that that ability to
2: change that's a
3: good
2: point I forgot interesting. Yeah. and I my um you know, once after after this episode, when they're, I don't know they're, they're they basically they hold their shape and they got internal or- organs. Um, previously, I had presumed that the you know the the fluid bacon look was just well, this is how we do it now because it looks cooler. But I wonder if that's just like would if we were to see Odo, and I know we won't see Odo, but if we were to see Odo, would he have the Wet bacon look, or would he still look like Odo? And they only look like wet bacon because they're this new breed of meteor changeling. Right. That's a good thought too. Po- possibly yeah.
0: meteor changeling.
2: <laughs> <how I> <laughs> and
0: <laughs> and uh, t- taking that taking that one observation further, um, I John might be onto something because after the autopsy, when when Shaw announces red alert and tells I I was kind of surprised by this he puts out a shipwide announcement that says Starfleet has been compromised seemed a weird thing to tell Shaw's everybody. not the sharpest
1: knife in the drawer
0: <laughs> but but while that announcement was happening Beverly is in Sickbay and she puts uh, a tray onto uh, onto a table and that tray had four petri dishes and each one yeah. had the
2: old style gold goo I didn't realized that's oh. what that was until my second view. or or because I was like I'm like okay is that like a culture sample is she like because it looks like, it was like agar. <laughs> that's what it looks like yeah but I think you might be right Scott I don't I don't know but they mm-hmm. definitely made a point to show for trays that look like agar but could be oh <laughs> <laughs> here's what so what i love i'm just gonna jump in and step over everybody what i loved um overall about this episode most was it's like they you know what it's like it's like scream when scream the first scream movie where the people who are behind it they've seen all the same movies we've seen but they decided to yeah, I know you think we're doing this because it's this what all those movies do, but we're not doing that. You know, yeah, they did though always the fake out scene, but it's not a fake out for us. Like he really doesn't know. Like he's he sincerely is not sure which which one is reality. And and they do the uh, the the oh we're gonna walk in here and but like the the, the Rafi with the hologram, Rafi and the holograms. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> That's that was good. <laughs> Truly truly outrageous um that was good like they they and the i mean we we can get to the i, I feel like the 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 rope card scene is kind of have its own little section like that's that was incredible but um yeah they they did use a bunch of tropes but they used them right like the like you don't know who to trust anyone could be a spy but the way they disproved it well, I guess I'm doing it now. The way that <laughs> the way they disproved it, it you, know, you had to have this leap of faith conversation between these two people who the last time they saw each other was an act of betrayal. I mean, it's, it, but they have to. And they have to use that act of betrayal to prove their trust. It's so, it's so good. It's so good.
3: It's so layered. So That's so it good. because, it, it, yeah, the... Just the the history between the two characters makes it so much more rich. And I I feel like we've said it, you know, you can appreciate this episode even if you don't have the backstory. But if you do have that backstory, it's so beautiful. And just the you and on watching it the second time, I you know, once you you know everything, because the first time, you know, you're not sure. Is she a changeling? Does she think he's a changeling? But the second time around, knowing she's not a changeling, the the micro expressions on Michelle Forbes' face, where she's like, when he gets the um, the call from Beverly, and he's like, he just he pretends it's like a medical thing for him personally. The look on her face, she's genuinely concerned for him. She is genuinely worried that there's something wrong with him. She's like, "Is everything all right?" Like for a moment, she breaks. And
2: then she's right back in it, being like, i might be a changeling. She she does and she doesn't. Because at this point, so smart, at this point, Picard knows that she could be one. Mm -hmm. She knows that they're everywhere. And Picard knows that they're everywhere. She doesn't know that he knows. So he comes and he sits down. And he's like, so remind me again, how did you get back in Starfleet? Yeah. And he's testing her. And so she pauses and she takes a step and she's thinking, he's testing me. Or is he testing me? Cause does he know? And she has to decide whether or not to answer him. And you can see, like, she's she's working through the math. It's so good. It's so good. I want an Emmy. I want Emmys for this show. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, I don't know necessarily, like, any particular actor. But this show needs to be nominated. They are doing so much better than I have seen uh, on a genre show in a long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What's even better is
1: <clears throat> knowing Michelle Forbes' history with Star Trek because she was she was supposed to be kira her you know the the, the part of kira was supposed to be ro Laren. they offered it to her and she said no i i want to go i don't want to play this character for the next 20 years and and went off to do her own thing and unlike other cast members who left prematurely if you want to if you want to consider it that way Um, I've never heard her publicly regret it or try to get back or anything like that. Um, so her showing up in this episode was the double whammy of, Oh my God, they got Roe back and we didn't know. And two, they got Michelle Forbes to come back on Star Trek. And so it was just, it was like the double gut punch. (laughs) That was just,
3: yeah, it was very meta. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, I, I the the only thing in that whole scene that really bugged me is it's like with it seems like they're they're making the ability to turn off the safeties on the on the holodeck easier every time it happens. It, it, but it should be the hardest thing to do on the ship, short of ejecting the warp core.
0: It Fair. was pretty simple, just kind of hanging out there behind the bar, brush your
1: finger it, against a,
0: yeah, in, in, in an an uncovered panel. Just one tap. Well, maybe, there
2: it is. maybe because it said, uh, and I'm headcanoning here because I have to, <laughs> uh, it said uh, Picard uh, 10 forward program. So maybe only Picard's fingerprint would do that.
1: Okay. I'll give I, you that. I, I, in, know
2: in that, that. In that one particular spot behind the bar, no one could do it but Picard in that particular program, because he knows the life he lives, man. He talks- <laughs> <laughs> Peter's like, all right, the card's always turning these things up. Yeah, there's, there's a fair chance I might have to, you know, pull a shotgun out from behind his bar. Factor so yeah. gonna- that cool. in. You know, I'm a bar brawl.
1: Okay, I just want, I want to throw this out here. There were only two things, aside from the whole Vulcan gangster thing, which I thought was just kind of stupid, but... <laughs> Amazing, you're wrong, but go ahead. Uh, no, we can, we can talk about that. We can talk about that, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. um, <laughs> There, there, there were two things. One, one is just me being a Starship wonk. I just think the Intrepid. I'm sorry, Doug Drexler. I'm sure you listen to us. That's a freaking ugly ship. Uh, <laughs> oh
0: my god! I, I really enjoyed the Intrepid. I thought, it, I thought it was a a, a neat, uh, clever looking design.
1: I anyway,
3: there there and are no ugly ships, only ugly critics.
0: Oh, fired oh, <laughs> Okay. What? Yeah.
1: What's the second thing? What, yeah, um, the, second thing? The, <laughs> the other thing is is more is more more legit. Maybe I'm I'm a little worried about the storyline because. You know, and I'll be glad to be wrong, but right now they're going to have to come up with a way to stop all of the changelings all at once in four episodes or five episodes, or was this four or five? Th- this was five, so we got five more. And I'm really worried they're going into, like, Voyager territory where we're in the middle of Borg space and we've got to defeat every Borg in existence and do it in 40 minutes and the twisting of logic to make it happen is becomes painful. I'm I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm just saying right now this problem is so big I'm not sure how they're going to wrap this up in a way that doesn't hurt.
2: We don't actually know how big the problem is. We don't know who's a changing. We don't know and Worf just said some broke off. He didn't have a number. It could be a dozen. It could be 100. We don't know how many changelings. We just know that they're in key positions. They can look like anybody. They can pass the scanners. And I thought it was smartly done. Picard is like, okay, we well, let's go to this person. Let's go to this person. Let's go to this person. Roe didn't say they could be changelings. Roe said we can't get to them. So, which implies to me it's not so much that you know, all the key members or, or various key members have been replaced. It's there are people in key positions that can manipulate circumstances to affect their desired outcome. So we don't know how many changelings they have it, to take out. It, it, it doesn't is.
1: even matter how many. It, there's got to be changelings on Earth. There's got to be changelings at, you know, various star bases. Um, Probably.
2: We no, don't we don't know what they're doing yet. So maybe they have to be in certain places. They may have to be in key Places to make their thing happen.
0: It it sounds like the, I'm hopeful.
2: I'm you're yeah. not you're not wrong. Yeah. Your your concerns <laughs> are valid. Let me let me. Put it it under sounds the like the of, I get it.
0: The distinction I that I think Sorry. John is going for is the difference between uh, an army of changelings and a terrorist group of changelings. A whole lot of them sprinkled you know peppered throughout Starfleet and a few in key positions that if they are rooted out, then it should effectively take care of the problem.
1: All right, let let me, let me rephrase what I said. I, when I said "big," I didn't mean numbers. Mm-hmm. I meant it's widespread That's... enough that like we've seen four changelings just on these two ships, and we don't know how many are on board the Intrepid. Five, five changelings.
0: The Sydney. Mm-hmm. The
1: there, there that was... Jack took out and then
0: yeah, the the, 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 there was well,
1: this. The, Sydney... all, all of those guys weren't changelings.
0: Yeah, they I don't think yeah. were they. The, 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 four the four that Jack shot
1: in the hallway, those were all changelings. Yeah. And then the two and then the two that, that killed Roe, so that's six, and Sydney. that's those, seven. No, 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 those are the same two. Oh, those are the same. Oh, were they?
0: The two yeah. that killed oh, Roe. They,
1: the, they beamed back to the, to the yes. Titan. and then they oh, okay. beamed down two okay. more.
0: The, yeah, the two from the shuttle beamed over to the Titan, and then they okay. changed their form, and those two were the first two that found Jack in the hallway. Then two more beamed in from elsewhere on the ship, that that was all four of them, okay. and Jack took him out.
1: So that's still that's still five changelings, right there. And again, and we don't know how many are on the intrepid. With but,
0: with with a, with a sixth on Metallus. we've seen six so far.
2: Yeah, but if the point of all of this is to capture, retrieve, return Jack, <laughs> it makes sense that there's a higher concentration around Jack. He's the goal. Yeah. All right. Like we I'll don't, give you that. Yeah. We still don't know. So, yeah. I wonder
4: if the uh, the aliens that are with Vatic are also these changelings. aliens. There was one point where the two guards that were on the Titan there well, they Click came it. in with Row, they walked in a room, they made that same chittering sound to each other,
1: and uh, turned and left. All right. I, I need to add. I need to I ask did not all catch something. Hang, I didn't hang catch that. that. Hang, hang on a second, I, everybody. Th- I, this is important. I have read an article that came out last week that answers that question, but it's a major spoiler. Do you all want to know? No. No.
2: Okay. Thank you for asking. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> kind
3: of. You, you guys well, can talk later. I don't want to know.
2: I, I, yeah,
0: that's the thing. I, I, I want to know, but at the same time, I don't want to know in know advance. I l- want to l- know me, when they tell us.
2: Let me say this. As, as the resident spoilers go. F- yourself. And Rick, <laughs> I am using the F bomb in solidarity with you. Don't feel bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I want you all to hold on to the feeling that you had when you were surprised that Ro was on the show. That is why I don't do spoilers. That's why mm-hmm. I don't see the interviews. That's why I don't look at cast lists because as good as it felt for me, I can only imagine how good it felt for you. That's Sweet. why. That's mm-hmm. why I and, do that, like.
1: and that's why I asked, because I kind of regret having read the article, to be
0: honest. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's never, it's never, it never enhances the experience. I will read everything after, but before it, it hijacks the narrative. It, it hijacks the story that the storytellers trying to tell. Yeah. So
3: moving right along and <laughs> how a Vulcan gangster is actually pretty awesome. i yes. years that Vulcans but, are villains.
0: Before we get to that
2: <laughs> I wanna talk about where I was going, but okay. I,
0: I I want us to go there, but before we discuss that, one thing that I wanted to pitch in uh, uh in response to Rick uh and his I, I think well founded worry that we're halfway through the season and we're like just breaking open the egg. That is the, the big problem that needs to be solved. And there's a concern that they're going to have to rush to fix this big problem because whether it's, it's 10 changelings or, or 500 changelings, the fact that they have infiltrated Starfleet and it's been compromised is a big problem that we now have only five episodes to fix, which is why I would not be surprised. I'm not expecting this, but I would not be surprised if they they get us to some type of resolution at the end of the season. But from the season slash series finale, they springboard into a new series that is going to be about an ongoing conflict with
1: Changelings. I, I totally not. disagree. I, well, well, I, did, I, I've had that thought did, What as aspect well. do you disagree with? I, that, that Paramount, given the management of Paramount, would do that. They are cutting what, back on Star Trek. They're not expanding it.
0: Well, are are, well, are they cutting back on Star Trek just like to save money? Or are they cutting back on some of the stuff they're doing? Like, for example, ending Discovery after Season 5, ending Picard after Season 3 to make room for a new series... That they are going to launch that will continue the story that is being laid out in this season essentially turning season three of picard into a backdoor pilot for a potential new series
1: bean that counters are in charge of paramount idea. now paramount and, has been compromised and streaming <laughs> and <his levels. laughs> and a lot of the streaming services are finding that they're not making the profits they thought they were going to and a lot of them are pulling back on their more expensive stuff it's one of the reasons Willow didn't get a second season. Um,
0: one of the reasons.
1: One of yeah, it's there. There are many, but um, I think if Willow had come out five years ago, it would have gotten at least two seasons. Um, I I honestly, I, Discovery is being shut down because the people that are in charge of Paramount now are like these animated shows don't cost very much. Strange New World's just started, so we kind of can't shut that one down. I guarantee you Section 31 will not happen. Um, I think that we are looking at, I think we had an optimistic few years where we had five Star Trek series going at once, and now the people in charge are like, huh?
2: Yeah, Seasons in the Sun. (laughs) Indeed.
1: I, I would be happy to be wrong about this, but i I think that
3: But it doesn't matter, regardless, no, it, like yeah. even if there's not going to be another show, it doesn't mean that the writers of this show knew that. They may have left it open. That's true. Oh, That's like true. like Scott said that they may have written a re- a resolution of sorts, but leaving the wider story still open.
2: i the sense the sense that I get but everything in this season so far. Is screaming. We are shutting this book. Not we are closing this chapter. We we are shutting this book. This is this wraps up Picard. This wraps up TNG. This wraps up as you say again storylines. You didn't even really think, you know, we're we're. I mean they like yeah, like the, the Q is gone. Like I I I don't see this this series especially since we know it's the final season, this series is not, to me, trying to start something new. They're trying to put an end to the story. You could be right. That is not the sense that I get. Aside from it, and I agree with Rick about the, the financial aspect of it, too, but even beyond that, that's I don't think that's the story they're telling.
4: Well, Picard especially has kind of set the trend here that they have they get to where it doesn't seem like there's enough episodes to finish anything and then they wrap it up really quick at, right on that last episode
2: but this is almost like a season three is almost like a different show from the first yeah. season that's why that's why I wasn't expecting anything as good as what we're getting mm-hmm. like what what they they have it's honestly it's like we sat around and we wrote this season all the stuff, yo, you know, would be cool. Okay, but why does that work? Well, here's how it works. Yeah, but what about this? Well, what about this? Okay, that works now. Mm-hmm. All of this, all that what? That's not a mech list. I know. It's not a mech list. Just wait. <laughs> 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 this is what I'm saying. Like, this is why this, this is so good. It's like, uh, I mean, I'm sure a bunch of nerds always write it, but it's like a a bunch of nerds who really love TNG. want G. Yeah, otherwise yeah, I really want to honor fans. TNG
0: and love it. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and I'll happily yeah. eat my words. I I would. I really hope I'm wrong.
0: And I'm expecting that I'll be wrong as far as setting up potential you know, more stories going forward. Uh, but at this point, where they've left us at the halfway point in the season, I would prefer that they take their time and set up something else rather than rush through to to wrap up a storyline. I know that I usually don't get what I want because I I want too well, much.
2: No, I was I was I was going to say let uh, let me ask you do you feel like the way they've been unveiling the story thus far? So we so we're 5 episodes in. Instead of looking ahead to the next 5 and speculating at this point. Uh the way that they have laid out unfurled what they've done so far, do you feel like it's been done at a good pace i i feel that they have been
0: uh, un, unwrapping the overall story a little slower than i would have expected not is that is that good? N- not, not egregiously slow but just
2: slower than i would have expected and it is and i'm sorry i don't mean to interrupt i'm trying to no I'm trying you're to, good is, is, is slower than you would have expected means slower than you would have liked or just slower than you would have expected
0: I honestly don't know the answer because if I say yes, it's slower than i than than I would have liked, is that just because I am engaged in the story and I want to know what happens next, and I want to know now as opposed to waiting a week, or is it because I think that it's being done slower than it needs to be and it could benefit from from being sped up a little bit? I really don't know i can I can recognize when my own Excitement for the story, my own love of track, my own impatience for week to week viewing might be sabotaging me. So I'm not sure.
3: We'll only know when it's all over. If mm-hmm. they, you know, if they rushed things in the last five, if they should have, you know, cut some raffy bullshit at the beginning, you know, <laughs> we'll only have those answers at the end.
1: Yeah. So, Nick, why am I so wrong about a Vulcan the gangster? <laughs>
3: Oh, I just thought it was fun. Like uh, I think Enterprise started to establish. Actually DS9. That episode with the baseball where you see the you know you see Cisco really has a grudge against the Vulcans. And he's right. Everything he says about them he's right or at least that one dude.
0: Yeah. And, <laughs> I, then, I can't I can't remember that captain's
2: name, but yes, you are absolutely right. Yeah, and, and then and then okay. For the, for, the, for those of us who don't remember uh, that episode,
3: oh, aside from the
2: guy's name, what was um, Cisco's complaints about it?
3: Basically, yeah. just that this Vulcan was being petty, and you know, for someone who supposedly doesn't have emotions, he sure is emotional in his arrogance and his, his pettiness and his gloating over every time yeah. he sees Cisco at something,
0: and his and racism so then, against and, humans. Oh, right. Yeah, he he was definitely specist
3: yeah and so then and you know it you was the it in, baseball in,
1: episode from df
3: going now now in my own mind i'm like going back even further because uh in the animated series what wasn't it that our first um indication that spock was bullied when yeah. he was a kid yeah so basically yeah the vulcans have always been racist they're they're super arrogant they doubled down on all of that in enterprise and they made the the vulcans very anti-human or sort of anti-human just very arrogant and just again for for people who are meant to be emotionless they're just so petty and so the seeds have been dropped consistently throughout the show that that these that it really is it's not that they don't have emotions it's that they're trying so hard all the time to repress that a lot of the time they express their emotions in very negative ways and so to have a vulcan who's raised i guess on planet cd um you know study he said he studied under a master okay so he's learned about logic and all of that but he was still raised in a criminal environment so he's like well it's logical to be a part of this thing so it 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 tracks for me it made sense
0: yeah that one line that they included that that crin delivered saying uh, one cannot have utopia without crime ergo it is logical To have, you know, it be a a
3: criminal, an organized criminal. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He's saying organized crime makes sense because without crime, you can't have a utopia. And I felt that it was clever for them to write it that way, but it was also very much a this doesn't, it isn't necessarily true, but it sounds logical enough that I can use it as justification to do what I learned to do as I was growing up. He, right. So he's justifying his own choices by dressing it in logic.
1: That's true. We as, have as this this Vulcans new, do. yeah. the 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 new Trek series have really gone out of their way to show Vulcans using logic to justify anything they want to do, and you're you're absolutely right about that.
0: In the and same that, way that in in the same way that Klingons justify everything by by saying you know this is honorable or or yeah. that is not honorable, and, so, and I. I can't think of the specific examples, but I know there have been plenty of times throughout TNG and DS9 where a Klingon will justify one thing in this episode by saying, this is honorable, and then he'll justify the exact opposite by saying, well, it's honorable, to do it this way.
2: Here's here's the thing. Vulcans, in theory, um, are amoral. If you are truly only solely ruled by logic and you know your hiking trip is starving and you have a baby well you eat the baby because it's, it's the least useful member of the team and you know <laughs> you know probably got the most nutrients like yeah it makes sense if you are solely driven by logic and not morality sure you can be a criminal the the I, we the overarching being good isn't inherently smarter it's typically more beneficial to one of all which is why the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few but no it is absolutely logical the, I, I think the utopia you can't have utopia without crime was a, it was a good line but it was a dumb line all you had to say was crime exists and I can be the most successful doing this thing here I can achieve all of my goals and I'm smarter than everyone else. Why, why wouldn't I, why should I reform a system that I'm already on top of?
0: It seems logical to do what I'm good at.
2: It makes, it makes the most logical sense. Like, yeah. And, and, and of course all this, you know, and yes, logic can justify anything, but I didn't, I I thought that it was great. I thought Mm -hmm. it was
1: great. Except that then he, I, I, I agree. I, I I will grant you that my TOS bias is showing here because I, I still think of Vulcans as what they were in TOS were. Um, and that has, over the years, been changed, and I, I don't necessarily disagree with all of it. Um, but if this Kryn was such a great Vul- uh, Vulcan evil mastermind, why didn't he just go put a phaser bolt through that dead Klingon right, right now?
3: Because it is logical to place bets on who's going to kill who.
1: <laughs> well, no, I mean, ap- after yeah, Rolf was
2: dead, well, they shoot, they shoot him it. in the head
1: just to be sure.
2: Well, but also, you know, like, then he would be <laughs> really dead.
1: Yeah, is, then we need to... <laughs> which
2: now we want on the show. But he, on, he, checked yeah. it. He, he didn't just assume he was dead. He, he, he did... A reasonable due diligence.
0: He said, to "Check, check and make sure. Yeah, check yeah. the clan, make sure he's dead." And it, it's not Kryn's fault that his henchman was dumb enough to be fooled by the ancient Kalis Zen art of <laughs> of heart slowing.
2: Yes, and also, Which... and they did show he he broke his logical demeanor for a moment because apparently he particularly is nauseous at the smell of Klingon blood. And so you can see his—he—he he let a little emotion out. Said, Get that thing out of here. Mm-hmm. So it worked That's... out. You know, it was a very convenient and lucky. Uh, <laughs> well, and, uh, and you know what? Reflex. I didn't—I
1: didn't think of it until you just mentioned that. But to Paul, did mention that humans smell and they, yeah. they don't vulcans like vulcans. Don't of like
3: the smell of non-vulcans.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm wrong. <laughs> Even with that hint of lilac.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one of my that's one of my favorite ds9 moments it's just one of those examples of in the later seasons they said you know what we're gonna we're gonna take a moment to have a light-hearted funny scene it it deepens the yeah. characters a little bit and it doesn't burn a whole lot of time it the scenes like that i i really enjoyed um i, I also uh want to applaud the writers for taking just long enough to to tell us that it seemed like Worf was dead because he slowed down his heart rate using the caless art of okay this sounds kinda silly but we've at least acknowledged it and now we're gonna make it funny because I'm losing let's skip to the interrogation. I'm losing quite a bit of blood. That was good. they 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 yeah, knew did, when, when to change mind course mind the fake right.
3: out like it was so obvious that he was alive the whole time that I was just like I was, I was yeah, like
2: fine it was with fine. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would have been annoyed. No, it was it was fine. Yeah. We knew he was we knew he was alive, and the people who thought he was supposed who thought he was dead thought he was dead. Like that was that's fine. And they didn't just stretch it out like some big mystery. It took like eight seconds. Yeah. <laughs> however, long, however long it took to kill henchmen, that's that's how long. I'm going to try they, they to not kept it make moving this, and they got the job done.
1: i'm I'm going to try to not make this a, a, a big discussion, but I, something that's been realizing maybe is the right word. A lot of the things that they do in these series we've seen before, but maybe it's because we've been watching Star Trek for forty years now. I mean, I have anyway. Some of y'all haven't. But we've all seen everything. And with over 800 plus hours of Star Trek, it's kind of hard to come up with stuff that hasn't been done before. And perhaps I'm a little overcritical when you know, like you said, there was absolutely no doubt that even if Rafi had cut his head off, it would have been ah, fooled you. Well, <laughs> <Yeah. I'm...
2: laughs> that'd be strange, but, but yeah. But you
1: know, the the stabbing him in the side, although that's how he killed Gowron, but <laughs> still. I think we may know. Short life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think maybe the writers, while they acknowledge us as the fans, they have to write for modern audiences, and they've got to figure the majority of their their audience is young enough that they can do stuff that's been done before, and it's it's going to be new to them.
4: Yeah. Now, doing tropes like that is one thing but okay we've been talking about the possibility of jack being um, what i forget which one of you guys said um a human changeling hybrid okay we could say effectively making him not Picard's son i mean we reference this right at the very beginning of the series about them lifting entirely that uh picard's son um idea or plot from that one episode of tng bloodlines bloodline thank you so yeah repeating tropes for people who have seen all of this is one thing but repeating storylines like that that's where it's it's very frustrating and i really hope they're not going in that direction but it's a big enough concern that i'm saying please i hope they're not doing that that same plot I think with
0: with these, with these like dream sequences slash hallucinations that that Jack was continuing to have throughout this episode, I, I feel even a little, a little more solid in my uh, theory that he's not a changeling, he's not some sort of a hybrid. I think that he's carrying a changeling. I think there's a changeling in his. I think he's still human, you know, Jack Crusher, son of Beverly and Jean-Luc, but I think that somehow a changeling worked its way into him and is hiding inside him. I think that's why the other changelings are are after Jack, because he's carrying one of the good changelings. If they if they try to say that it was Odo, I'm gonna be very upset. But if it's a different changeling from the Great Link, not one of these rogue changelings, and the changelings on the Titan and on the Intrepid are after him because he is the key to unraveling their conspiracy. Then I think that might fit. And when I... he's when he's having his visions and he has those like weird red tendrils and like in the background, or when they were going across, I I think I think it was Esmar. Um, yeah. I think um, in, in that dream sequence, they're like crawling across her face. I. Th- I think that might be the changeling inside Jack being able to see the presence of the evil changelings. And that's how he was able to identify and kill the four in the hallway. Because the changeling inside him is giving him Jason Bourne powers.
2: Okay. Yes to Jason Bourne. I literally said, holy shit, he's Jason Bourne. Yeah. Which was great, because I didn't expect him to be Jason Bourne. I I figured, uh, but it doesn't matter um i don't think unsure about the hybrid theory unsure about the human with uh, a changeling inside him theory both as far as i'm concerned equally valid at this point i don't think if there is a changeling inside that he is a quote unquote good changeling because he is giving him nightmarish images of killing his friends <laughs> so that's not good it like i think that i think You know, maybe uh, it might be their leader, the leader of the quote-unquote bad changelings or something. Or clearly there is some connection with the changelings. I don't know what it is. As far as um, your concerns, Tom, with every episode, I trust them more and more every episode where you think okay they're doing this thing that they did before they write it in such a way that it's better and it works so far for the most part um so I'm I'm, every show I get less tentative and more hopeful so we'll see um since there's a pause, I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, I, I have a quick question. I just... I want to... I I, I, anyway. Um, in Jack's visions, we've seen the red tendrils, we've seen the door, um, and then we've heard a voice saying, find me. The last time we heard it, am I wrong? But that was Beverly's voice.
2: The Close captions caps- say say Beverly's voice
1: oh I didn't even have it have the the captions on
0: now I don't remember I, if it said that on on my subtitles but it did sound like her for sure it
2: it said it's Beverly it did.
4: now <clears throat> I don't know if all those whispers were Beverly's
1: voice no they definitely weren't at first okay but it was that last one that was like that's Beverly
4: it was more than just the last I remember that it, it stood out for a couple.
0: It it's a well put together mystery in that it's it's hard to even come up with with theories. So um, when I'm liking
2: it, um, at the very end, Scott, I'm I'm sure you appreciate this scene. He's like, actually, you know what? There is something wrong with me. It took a whole episode, but you got it.
0: Yep, I I, I put that in my notes. Is that it? Only took one episode uh, for him to admit to someone yeah, that something was wrong with He's
2: him. like, he's straight up losing it. And at this point, he has killed four people, and you've got to wonder, like, from his perspective. He's like, holy shit, that I just killed four officers. Because he didn't know at the time. Like he, and that's why the fake outs worked for me. Because
3: because he doesn't like, well, know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like, yeah, we we know he didn't really do it, but at this point, he did really do it, as far as he knew. You know. Uh, and during that scene, Beverly's like, okay, I know something's wrong. Um, it's like when you were a kid, you had nightmares. It's like I don't remember that. Those, those nightmares are going to answer this question. Mm-hmm. Whatever you saw in the nightmares, that's that's the origin or the first instance or whatever. That those nightmares are as relevant as the nightmares he's having now. Put it on the board. Yeah. Uh, um, let me see those. Oh, the, go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. The, okay. Actually, I will ask you if you wanted to be the one to say. The, when uh is going through known associates. Did you want to tell the list of associates? Because <laughs> well, I assume you looked them up. Oh, I, uh, uh, I, I, I I shockingly know all of them. So Yep. I,
0: <laughs> I I found five. Two of them were from this season because one of them was uh Sneed of Ferenginar and um uh Tulak of Romulus <clears throat> and then he uh Flips to the next screen, and of the four names on that screen, the one that we've never heard of before is the one that he has to go find. And the other three were Morn of Luria, Brunt of Ferenginar, oh. <laughs> and Thadian O'Kana of Omega. Oh God! Yes. So, so it's official now. He is a known criminal yes. who abandons children to Romulan death squads, and not just oh, yeah. not just an irascible smuggler.
4: Oh no! Wait, wait! That has happened. That's right. Uh, Prodigy is placed before
2: uh, Picard Yes, yes I believe was. that's correct. Yes.
4: So that puts him in three of the modern Trek series. Okay. Because yeah.
0: of of the modern series, yes.
4: Yes, three of the modern series. So, is he going to have a, you know, far-flung descendant in Discovery or an ancestor in Strange <laughs> New Worlds next?
0: <laughs> he's everywhere.
4: I don't know what am I missing because I'm sure it was an entertaining episode but otherwise it was not.
1: <laughs>
2: um, I mean it, you're not missing anything. <laughs> it's just he, he is he is a note of trivia and so like it's like yeah why not. It was someone let's get who Han Solo can, into Star Trek. Okay. Who else can we who else can we put on this list? Ah, uh, he's a criminal. It just—it's yeah. like suddenly overused. So, yeah, but it, only if you're us. No one else is going to notice that name, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> and yeah. they didn't—they didn't want to overpopulate the list with with, with Ferengi. They—it's not like they could put um, uh, a Gala of Ferenginar on there as well. <laughs> it's, there's too many Ferengi. We need someone else. Oh,
1: he was discredited anyway. No, you go
4: you, yeah. this the Star Trek way. You have a list of three. Okay, one that you recognize, second you recognize, and then an alien that you just made up on the spot.
1: Yeah, two, two human names and then so and so of such and so Yes,
4: <laughs> preferably from the Baroque Renaissance time periods for those two human names. But mm-hmm.
0: right. or or they or they could, or they could pull a discovery. <laughs> they could, Sorry, they could pull ahead. a they could pull a discovery and they could slide Elon Musk's name onto that list.
2: Oof! All right. Does anybody else have anything else they want to bring up?
4: Uh, I appreciated the references to uh, uh, Metallus being a dump. Uh, I guess that was in the previous episode, but they did bring it up here again. Um, a little, I don't know, self-referential, self-deprecating uh, humor there. Uh, with the uh, is he producer?
1: He, he's, a he's a showrunner. So, he's a showrunner.
0: Yeah, I. I, I was expecting the, the showrunner's name to be attached to a planet that we see for like an episode, but now we've got like the entire B plot taking place on a planet <laughs> yeah. named after the showrunner. It's well, it, it's, it's also round.
1: it's it's not really his fault. It was brought, Metallus Prime was mentioned in an earlier series as a as a as an inside joke, and they they mentioned what a what a shithole it was. Yeah, as, and now they're a, just as, going with
2: it. Now they're just running with it. Yeah. <laughs> So did uh, did you guys have to open a can of worms? Uh, how did you feel about really? the 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 Raffi Wharf Just generally, the Raffi Wharf uh, plot this week.
1: I I really want them off that damn planet and get to the Daystrom Institute and stop farting around. But I really enjoy the interplay between Raffi and Wharf.
2: I like that they finally weave together the storylines too. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I like they're, that they're connected. Um, I I liked that we connected Worf with uh, with, with Roe. They didn't make that another ongoing mystery of, okay, now we found out who Raffi's handler was. No, who's Worf's handler? No, we found that out pretty, pretty quick. And, and now that Roe is gone, he's going to start answering to uh, Picard and Riker, and they're going to join their forces together and hopefully go find, uh, Geordi relatively soon. Um, and yeah, as has already been stated, the interplay between Worf and Rafi, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, especially after the way that she was written last season, uh, to give her like a, a tempering influence in Worf Mm -hmm. is, is really nice to see. Um, also gives us chances to see Worf being like totally badass like like pulling a Neo and just standing up and yes. casually without even paying attention just pairing all of her attacks with one arm.
2: Just like pull up meditation. You knew I was going to win. You were not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. Yeah. She she was grossly overconfident throughout that whole thing. Um, and yeah, when uh, when he uh, spins her around and then puts her on the floor and he kneels down for his meditation they put in the the Klingon uh, music lick in the background. I I always catch it and I love it every time. I'm a sucker for it.
4: Oh, all the music cues are just awesome.
0: Yeah. This season. Yeah, they're they're sounding fantastic. I'm absolutely getting the soundtrack.
1: I I did love the fact that she called him on. Will you stop putting holes in the deck of my ship? <laughs> <laughs>
0: and that that was I enjoyed that moment as well because that's Worf saying, uh, "Do not presume." Uh, to know what I have and have not sacrificed mm-hmm. um, for this mission I I want to know what sacrifice he's talking about really interested to see what, what that's about
3: I'm sure he's killed Alexander
4: at some point <laughs> <laughs>
2: no.
4: he can't I mean Alexander has to be able to travel back in time to
1: save his younger self Oh, right. oh, oh, he he, right. has, to, he has to be Could that. Have, might yeah, time paradoxes happened,
2: are totally avoided in this series. <laughs> <laughs> might that already have happened though? That was thirty years ago. Yeah, Maybe you've already I done that. that oh, yeah, uh, yeah. All right. is, I, and is James Sloyan still around? <laughs> <laughs> to to answer uh, Sean's answers, like why didn't you mention Alexander? You was like father of Alexander because you don't really do that. That's yeah. my understanding. Like you don't, you don't, you don't list your lineage down. You list your lineages going back and your and your yeah. great accomplishments.
4: Yeah,
2: <laughs> and he, in fact, he doesn't consider Alexander a great accomplishment. aside a side effect. Well, that's that's <laughs> totally
1: in keeping with his character too. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, all right.
0: Now I I know that we're running short on time, so I um, I want to hit just a, a few more notes that I had, mainly about the um, the Picard and Row, uh, Row stuff. Um as they're having their their back and forth in the observation lounge um when picard noticed that roe was not wearing her earring again a great moment of the writers making us wonder is the earring missing because the changeling didn't know to replicate it or is it missing because it's actually roe and she's not wearing it for some reason and the fact that he he didn't just point out you're not wearing it he followed up with um uh or is this you turning your back on another institution? And I said, "Damn, Picard is throwing some bombs."
2: He's still testing, which well, is why no, he speaks to Joy to her.
0: It, not only, not only was he still testing, but there's multiple times in their exchanges where he was swinging hard, and he was yeah. he was swinging out of out of anger and pain. Yes, and the it wasn't Roe in the shuttle that got to me. It was when she handed off the earring and said to him, I I didn't take down the quote, but essentially saying, these last 30 years, we could have been a part of each other's lives as, you know, as surrogate father figure and, and, and a mentor. But we... It was, it
2: was basically, it was something like, I wish just once you had seen me.
0: You could look into my heart and see that... Yes. Yes. See that everything I did, I did for the right reasons. And the way that Michelle Forbes sold it. Not only just in, in the way she said it, but the look on her face. That is what broke me down while I was watching the episode. Was how she pulled off just that last moment before she turns around and says that we're leaving. It was... It was perfection.
1: The only thing I wanted that we didn't get and would not have worked and would have been totally wrong but if they had hugged each other I just I would have been a puddle on the floor it, it would it, there was no way it would have been right no.
2: her giving him the earring is as close yeah. it, was, it was effectively the same thing mm-hmm. yeah so uh, so here's a here's a question I'm gonna um, open the four of you guys encyclopedic minds so Picard gets the gets the earring. He's like, I don't, I'm not sure what this is. And Riker's like, Oh, I know what this is. It's Minecraft. and he knows exactly what it is. Is that had, did he do some episode where like people smuggle the data on a chip or something? Nope. That, we, that I would, I put that, forth a reference? theory
3: about that in my recap.
2: <laughs> okay.
3: Go to superanemic.com to understand how Riker knew that that earring was a data
1: chip. <laughs> I love it. It, w- but no, what I, it was it was not a callback to anything explicit
0: it, the the sense that i got in that particular scene what I, i'm i not sure if i was bothered by it or not it's just something that i noticed it was picard saying she gave me this earring and i i don't know what it means and Riker was oh i know what it means it's the next step in in the overarching plot kind of like in the first episode where picard's like she gave me this Beverly gave me this code word. I don't oh, know right, what it means. Yeah. And Riker's like, oh, well, here's what it means. This is the next step in the overarching plot. Because <laughs> Riker always has the answer when Picard doesn't. The other thing that happened in this episode that has happened before is Beverly says, trust no one. And the first thing that Picard does is he f- can trust someone.
3: So my only problem we- with uh, yeah. Picard's reaction to the earring is that he said he didn't know what it meant because I I thought it meant a hug. I thought it meant, I love you, Papa Picard, and I thought Picard would interpret receiving this earring as, oh, this is Ro telling me she loves me. And so for him to be like, why'd she this to me? That, oh, that's what rang wrong. Yeah,
2: I agree. That too.
1: Yeah, I, I totally felt the same way. I'm like, huh? Dumbass.
3: Yeah, I'm like, why are you confused? She <laughs> just...
0: Oh, because he doesn't know how to people. That's what it is.
3: Oh. Yes, he does. He learned from Q.
2: <laughs> uh, I just very quickly uh, the shot of after I mean the scene of Rose sacrificing herself and flying into the nacelle. Because again, you can see on her on her face she's doing the math. It's like, okay, I can't do this. I can't do this. I could do that, but that's not as effective as me doing this. Uh, so she takes out the nacelle. And the shot of the intrepid as it slowly turns back to face uh, the the titan. It like it was very much was in a horror titanic. movie. It was very much in a horror movie where the. The killer is going for the next victim, and the victim gets a good—the victim gets a good swipe in. They—they they slash him across his face with the axe, and oh, okay, this should kill him. But he slowly turns back to look at you, like, yeah, that's not gonna do it. Now you're going to die. That was—it mm-hmm. it was. I don't know how intentional it was. I assume it was completely intentional. I think it was exactly, intentional. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was exactly the—the the look that it—that it was so good. Yeah, Amy's, I'm telling you, this—this <laughs> this episode is fantastic. And if they continue the pattern and it gets a little bit better every time, at least for me, like I can't even imagine.
0: Mm-hmm. I That feels to me like a pretty good place to end our discussion on, unless anyone has any one last really important thing. Wrong answer, everybody. The last really important thing is plugs and promotions. So... Neek already did hers, so she doesn't get to do it. Rick <laughs> Why don't you go plug yourself?
1: I have uh nothing to say. Get get your flu shots. Get your prostate checked, get your mammograms, take care of yourselves, people. It's a it's a it's it's hard out there. Don't don't die for stupid reasons.
0: John, go plug yourself.
2: Is this gonna be a thing now? It might. <laughs> You can listen to Captain Game Show uh, on most of your podcasting devices. However you're listening to the show, just uh, do a search, go into search, hit Captain Game Show, trivia, wordplay, uh, moderated shenanigans, um, and also improvisational alternate shenanigans. And as has
0: already been stated, I'll go ahead and say it again. <clears throat> you can find, I, I'm skipping over Tom because he doesn't have it. Have you, have you gotten anything new to, new to plug and promote?
2: No. Something? No, just smart <laughs> as always. I was, was already right. to speak up for you. Like, you leave that man alone. You don't know. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> He's like, nah, okay, well, never
0: mind. <laughs> 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 and as already stated, everyone should go visit superanemic.com and check out the uh, humorous episode recaps. Uh, When new episodes are not coming out, like is happening now, um, you can also go back and and check out her backlog of recaps for TOS, uh, the animated series she's been working on, uh, TNG. Damn, those comics are funny. Um, And as for myself, uh, you can hear me here every week on that Star Trek podcast. Uh, You can hear me on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast, as we uh, uh, continue the Infinite Retrocast Watch and discuss uh, the '90s sci-fi classic Sliders. Sliders. i do not have an opinion on this. One. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and for non-audio works, you can visit my website at www.planetrisecreative.com and see some of the graphic artwork that I've put on there. I am available to hire on commission. And I'm unemployed. Help. That is going to do it for this week's episode of That Star Trek Podcast. Thank you for listening and downloading and come back next week when we discuss Season 3, Episode 6 of Star Trek Picard, The Bounty. right. Exactly.
1: Thank you for joining us for this episode of That Star Trek Podcast. You can contact us on Facebook and Twitter. Or you can send us an email at thatstartrekpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. Be sure to join us again next time on That Star Trek Podcast.